0: back it up back it up let's dump this truck back it up back it up let's dump this truck 7 a.m. hello and welcome to bad romance i'm jordane searles and i'm bronwyn isaac and this week wow love diving in the trash bronwyn this is this isn't just trash it's like Trash that was made almost twenty years ago. Like next year will be the twenty year anniversary of National Lampoon's Van Wilder. This is
1: tra- this is the kids might call this vintage trash. Let's be real. This is <laughs> it's old enough to be a uh, vintage trash. I just finished watching it um, right now. I have seen it once a long time ago, and luckily my brain had blocked out most of it. So re-watching it was, all I have to say is I'm going to have to find some way to sedate myself tonight. Like It might be through wine, it might be through marijuana, it might be through some 30-minute YouTube meditation, but I'm going to have to clean my brain until it is smooth and has no memories
0: <laughs> the, I mean, the thing to know about Van Wilder is that it is desperately trying to be an 80s movie. And so much of the problem is with that. The second problem is, is that it is directed by a man by the name of Walt Becker, who went on to make Wild Hogs old dogs let me tell you when I found out that wild hogs and old dogs were made by the same person my head almost exploded it's like a whole like little universe of just like aging comedians all together (laughs) there are two of them I can't believe it yeah I mean the fact that one
1: of these movies exists let alone multiple is it really speaks to the fact that the bottom the bottom can always become lower (laughs) The floor is is endless. <laughs> the, floor. the floor for comedy is endless. The floor for who receives weird industry nepotism after a certain point and who doesn't is
0: it's endless it's an abyss that makes my eyeballs bleed okay Uh, (laughs) wow okay so not only did this guy direct this guy his name is walt becker once again he directed wild hogs and old dogs but not only do they rhyme but they both star john travolta it's truly this guy wow um (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, Walt, you know, one thing I will say about Walt Becker is he seems to know his brand. Um, and his brand is movies that make five jokes for an hour and a half.
0: <laughs> uh, he also uh, directed Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip. Uh <laughs> And he is the director of the upcoming Clifford the Big Red Dog movie. You know, the one where they just I don't know if you've seen it like on Twitter and stuff like the horror of creating that dog and how terrifying it is. But, yeah, I'm looking at the poster right now. and I'm I just forgo- like- I remember, yeah, I forgot that that was being made. I do remember,
1: like, first hearing about it, um, and then I forgot because, you know, everything in the last year. But the fact that that is still being made and he is connected to it, I, unfortunately, I do know that I'm going to watch that um, just because oh. of all of my Clifford the
0: Red, Big Red Dog books and memories. Wow, wow. Taking one for the team. Also, I want to admit that he... I want to mention that he made another rom-com that came out the same year as Van Wilder, 2002, and it is called Buying the Cow, and we will be covering it at some point. Like, if I hadn't, if I had found out about it a couple days ago, I would have been like, we're watching, we're talking about both of them.
1: We're going to do this, this buying the cow like i already am full of rage i'm looking at this right now a man hits (laughs) the dating scene when his girlfriend gives him two months to decide whether or not he wants to marry her uncertain of commitment he spots another woman and instantly falls for her but when she disappears he decides the only way to be sure of the relationship is to track down the mysterious girl so he's basically stalking a woman who tried to ghost him
0: (laughs) yep Yep. Yep. Totally. And so this film, uh, Van Wilder, Not Buying the Cow, stay tuned for that, was this one is written by David Wagner and Brent Goldberg, who were also the writers on a bunch of other things that you're probably not going to watch. Okay, I will say that they collaborated on one script that I really love, and it is from the 2004 movie The Girl Next Door, which I I still don't know if we'll do it on the podcast or not, because there's definitely stuff to make fun of. But I fucking love The Girl Next Door. I can't believe they made The Girl Next Door after this. Like, I mean, it's so... I wish... Yeah, I
1: mean, like, of course, there's a certain amount uh, with any comedy, but especially the more over the top and cringe it is, I comedy ages and everybody I know, regardless of wh- how they are now made different jokes 15, 20 years ago, you know, so that I always give a certain amount of um, grace in that way. But this is so <laughs> it's so gratuitous. It is wild that they could make both. Um I mean, you know, people change, but maybe also they were just told that they, that like they could not do another one of these, like try something a little different. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they had wives or sisters or something. I can't imagine them having female friends. I'm That's, making so many assumptions here. But. You,
0: so, like, we already know what the alternative movie to watch is. Watch fucking The Girl Next Door written by the same guys. And it's way more bearable than this. And if I am wrong, I will come back on the podcast and we will do the episode and I will admit that I'm wrong. Anyway, so... All of this ado for a movie that I really don't want to talk about, but we have to because I picked it because I'm insane. Um, Van Wilder starring Ryan Reynolds as Van Wilder, Tara Reed as Gwen Pearson, Tim Matheson, who shows up for two scenes and is yet credited. Um Van Wilder's dad. Um, I almost I feel like I feel like that was like a weird kind of stunt casting. I wonder if he's in, like, I feel I'm not sure if Tim Matheson was in Animal House. Animal House is that one movie with the white people? Oh that, yeah, like, yeah.
1: No, I I was thinking about Animal House the whole time I was watching this because it was obviously trying to be Animal House in certain ways. Um, Tim Matheson, yes, he was, was in, in Animal, Animal House. House. Okay, yeah. so
0: yes, that yeah. is that's. It's that's also a- funny,
1: like. Like in Animal House, also in the West Wing. <laughs>
0: it's just very funny. Oh, yeah. Those two. The, <laughs> the Animal House to West Wing pipeline. Yeah, like, we all know sure. about it. For sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, yeah, we got we got Ryan Reynolds. We got Tara Reed, We got Cal Penn playing Taj Mahal Badalan Dadbad.
1: Yeah, that
0: that is the choice. That is one of many
1: choices that was made. It is a titular choice that was made because, you know, there are two other Van Wilder films, one of them named The Rise of Taj.
0: So, yes, Taj Taj does come back. And so, yeah, we... We'll get to that. We also have Paul Gleason, who was the principal on The Breakfast Club, which is definitely why he's here. And the campus cop is played by Curtis Armstrong, who was Booger, I believe. He played Booger in the Revenge of the Nerds movies. So it's very clear that... It's very,
1: it, yeah, the derivative, yeah. it's leaning into all of the references weather over or stylistically and just like, hey, let's bring these people. Maybe that'll make this work. Which um, well, we will dive into how it didn't.
0: <laughs> uh, so who's the the bad the bad guy? Okay. Yeah, the the bad boyfriend character, the villain, is played by Daniel Cosgrove. And he has this like weird like like, servant woman named Jeannie, who's played by Emily Rutherford, and that's a very, uh... It's a very fraught relationship, for that's sure. Very- and there is also Tech Holmes as Hutch, who I liked a lot. And for some reason, they made him look exactly like Cisco looked at in 2002. Literally, AJ walked
1: in and was like, is that Cisco? And then I was like, you know what? I need to verify. <laughs> like We both had a moment. I was like, wow, this movie is really doing something.
0: It's like they, could, they couldn't afford Cisco. And so they hired this young man to be Cisco. And I mean, I guess, you know, he's great in the movie so i mean there are far
1: worse gigs than to be cisco you know um especially in 2002 but it is quite again it's it's quite a choice to just overtly
0: try to trick people that he's cisco um so this movie is a kind of movie that has become really a staple like since the 90s I don't know what it was about the 90s that created this character but is the character of the guy who does not want to graduate college is having such a great time that like he can't he can't like choose a major or something and you know it was I I don't Yeah. Who came up with this character?
1: I don't know, but I I, you know, as I was watching it, I was thinking about how the concept of a super senior, both in college and high school, was such a big thing. I remember it being like a joke and a trope in the nineties, especially the late nineties and and the early thousands. Like the idea of the super senior, I feel like I never hear about that anymore. I I never hear about super seniors in high school or college. And I don't know if it's just because it was this cultural joke and this cultural type but that was such a big thing and I don't know where it started Um, but this is definitely a very obvious iteration of that of like the guy who doesn't want to grow up it's a Peter Pan syndrome but it's very specific to like frat guy college in in this example like he's like I don't want to leave the party life this is where I belong this is where I know how to do things
0: which in this case are like pranks so, so Van Wilder's whole thing is like really like, this is of course national lampoon. So it's supposed to be, you know, broad, like, you know, American pie and stuff like that. And it, it definitely delivers on that. But the character of Van Wilder is at once a party boy who just constantly wants to fuck and have a good time, but also apparently like the patron saint of the school. Like by the time you you get to the end of this movie, you realize that like every department loves him, every student club, everybody's there to like look out for him. And he like volunteers for like, he he's like a philanthropist. He's like an activist. And I just don't know. I, I guess he has time to do all of this because he doesn't go to class, which is the big thing is that he, he doesn't go to right. class. He's he go to class. And he's yeah. like a
1: trust fund kid. So he doesn't have a job. So he pretty much just parties and like gives people advice and hazes Hayes' new uh, incoming frat guys and then, like, secretly is, according to the movie, a good
0: person. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that everyone likes him. Okay, I, I it's weird because, like, I hate Ryan Reynolds, but the character that he plays really isn't as bad... As the movie seems, I don't know. There's something weird. There's some kind of like dissonance between like the tone of the movie and like the performance that he's giving. I don't. I don't know how to explain it.
1: I mean, like I hated him so much in this. Um, and the irony is, I actually do enjoy Ryan Reynolds in some roles. Um, I'm fallible. It's, you know, one of my human flaws. I have enjoyed Ryan Reynolds movies unironically before, um, but I hated his character so much because to me, his character was almost worse than some of the other misogynists because he was doing the thing where it's like, I know better, but like secretly I know better, but I carry out all of these, you know, I I help host all these toxic parties Of course, the movie doesn't want me to read into it that hard, and I know that, but I found his character to be truly reprehensible.
0: (laughs) Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why I I didn't dislike him too much in this movie. I guess we'll get to it. I mean, this movie starts very... It starts with with an Asian-like joke, and... That's not a good sign. I mean, I think, oh wait, but there's more Asian jokes too. That's not the only one.
1: Yeah. It starts out with an Asian sex worker joke. And then, yeah, there's more Asian jokes. There's also a transphobic joke within the first five minutes. Um, there's a lot of transphobic jokes too. Um, I mean, like, honestly, if we catalog all of the, like, I mean, the misogyny is just like so rampant, uh, there's a lot of transphobia. There's a lot of racism. There's a lot of all, all of it. Um, but in the first five minutes when we're meeting his character, you know, like the the beginning of the movie, when you're getting a sense, one of the first ways we meet him is this like joke about this Asian woman where, you know, you think that she's give, performing a sex act on him, but actually she's like measuring his pants because she's going to tailor them, you know? And the joke is like, Oh, ha ha ha. Uh, and then like, And then there's a suicidal uh, student on the roof who doesn't want to go to the school. And, like, Ryan Reynolds' character, Van Wilder, talks him out of it. So I guess, you know, that's the movie trying to say, like, yeah, you know, he seems raunchy. But, like, actually, he's a good guy.
0: Well, okay, so... The thing about Van Wilder, which the, the plot of this movie is basically Van Wilder has been in school for seven years. Well, there are two things. One is that he's been in school for seven years and, and Van Wilder's dad decides to cut him off. So then he has to start throwing all of these parties it, to make money instead of like a a job. He just throws these parties and it works and they make like a lot of money because they charge admission and stuff like that. So there's that whole thing where he's trying to like prove himself to his dad, which isn't as big of a plot point because like he immediately figures out what to do. Oh yeah, for sure.
1: He's he's, he's immediately on that party promoter life, which honestly was one of the most realistic parts of the movie was that he was able to just kind of finagle that. I was like, yeah, he's already a party guy. He already has that certain kind of clout. It totally makes sense for Ryan Reynolds character to be a party promoter.
0: Yeah. He, and so he also in the beginning, he um, has like all these um, interviews for his personal assistant, like the line for people who want to be his personal assistant is so long um, yeah. He- <laughs> and that, that like, uh, the montage, you know,
1: it does a classic montage of like different guys trying out to be an assist- his assistant. And it's very much in the tone of like, when the cheerleaders have a new cheerleader try out, you know, like you're in the gym, like, and, and we have the montage of like, oh, this person's really weird. Or this person doesn't know what they're talking about. Or maybe this person is really overqualified and you don't understand why they're here.
0: And, uh, this is where we meet Cal Penn. Taj. Yeah, Taj. Well, right before we meet him, we meet the dog who has gigantic nuts. I just needed to mention that, that wonderful joke, that comedic moment. But yes, we meet, we meet Taj and the performance that Cal Pen gives, he is essentially just Doing Fez from that seventy show, like for he is doing an Indian version of Fez. Did you notice that? I, know,
1: I don't. I don't know if I agree. Like, I mean, he's definitely doing like the. I mean, he's definitely doing like the kind of like the foreign exchange student trope. So I agree in that sense. Like that, yeah, Fez. Uh, but Fez was still somehow more experience like Fez seems smoother with women somehow Cal's character Taj feels like really that's really what you think (laughs) yeah well Taj's character seems way more naive than Fez like Fez seemed more just like oh I don't understand uh the cultural exchange whereas Taj doesn't understand the cultural exchange but he also feels younger
0: really that's so wild to me because I mean I mean, Taj says things like, I can't go home a virgin. And it's just like, that's Fez's whole thing at the beginning of the show. He's just trying to lose his virginity. And he's constantly talking about, like, when are we going to do it? Like, I don't know. It just seems the same. Well, I think to (laughs) me, like, we don't
1: actually, we do see Taj have sex. But we do not see him talk to women that much. And Fez, like... So much of that '70s show is Fez just like harassing women. <laughs> Whereas with Taj, it's mostly him doing bitch work for Ryan Reynolds, and then like you know talking about how he's excited to eventually go down on a woman. Mm-hmm. So it, I know it's a it seems like a small distinction, but that's why I I think of them differently. Even though they're they fall into like the
0: same category of trope he i I wrote down one of the things that he said there were so many things and I just couldn't keep up but this one I needed I want to go to the pink American taco stand.
1: I hate that so much I like i just
0: i I don't even know like I hate it so much <laughs> I don't even no, have anything
1: interesting to say
0: everything the way that the way that Taj explains intercourse. And, like, cunilingus and, like, everything. He... I wish I had written everything down. They just give him the most ridiculous ways oh, to yeah, say anything. I completely I, agree. There was, like... I, I No, I don't... Oh, I don't know if there's a way to compare. Like, I'm sure there's some other character that does this, but, I, yeah, I don't... Kelpen, I... You know, he's also doing a voice. Oh, yes. For he's sure. He's definitely doing a voice. And also, like, there's always, like, sitar music or something playing when he's introduced into a scene. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, the layers of,
1: like, trope and racism are so deep with his character. And I do agree that he is in the same trope as Fez. I guess I just, like... Yeah, no, I understand. experienced them different enough, but like, yeah, but it's also just Cal Penn, like Cal Penn as a comedian and actor is so um, different. <laughs> and, oh yeah, no, de- definitely. So it's hard for me to not like, especially doing comedy and knowing like, positive
0: things about him uh versus negative things about oh 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 no oh my god no i've heard cal Penn, wonderful guy seems yeah, yeah, like yeah. a lovely man funny um you know really good on how i met your mother like yeah i mean this isn't really this character is not his fault it's the script's fault Oh and yeah, he, no. And he and he needed to get paid. So yeah, like I exactly. understand. Yeah. And if it wasn't for this, he probably wouldn't have gotten um Harold and Kumar. This is probably the role that got him like on the board for that, unfortunately. When honestly, like, you know what? Get that. Like you
1: go do that. <laughs> like that unfortunately, this is the industry. Um, and that so sometimes you gotta take the role and in hopes that then you can control your roles a little more.
0: Yeah, I mean, he at least has a better role in this movie than like Aaron Paul, who shows up in a party scene. (laughs) Did you see him? I don't remember that. No. Aaron Aaron Paul is in this movie and he gets like screen time. Like you get to, like he's there long enough to where you you'll like you, it's I mean maybe it's just because like back then he just looked like some white guy but I could tell by his voice and his eyes I was like no that's Aaron Paul. Was he just like a, an extra like at the party scene getting drunk? He was he was in a party scene and, like, he... Somebody talks to him. Like, I think, like, the um, the breakfast club guy, like, speaks directly to him. Like, somebody asks him where Van Wilder is. And he Ald answers, like... Gleason is like, hey,
1: do you, they're like, oh, let's just plop him in here.
0: And if you know, you know. He's just, yeah, he's just, like... I think he's, like, wearing, like, a pink tank top and his hair is, like, kind of stuck. And he's, like, very clearly drunk. He looks very cute. He's very... He was just, like, a little... Little, little, little moment. moment, little moment yeah, there, little, little cutie. Um, <laughs> so Van Wilder is you know one of those students who's around all the time, and everybody has like stories about him or whatever. So Tara Reed comes in and she wants to write for the school paper. So she gets the story from Tom Everett Scott, which like every single time he kept on. I was like, why is Tom Everett Scott just like? <laughs> What a weird way to use him where you only see him in that one location of like the stu- the school paper and you never see him as a person anywhere. I don't know. He was in that thing you do. I mean, he's kind of a bigger deal. He's a, definitely a bigger deal than the other people in this movie at this point. It's weird. Okay. Anyway,
1: yeah, so. <laughs> I agree. Also, but also given how this movie turned out, I'm kind of glad that it looks like he only had to be on set to shoot for one day. <laughs> Like, he came in, he did his lines, he got out, and he went on with his life. And I love that for him. Yeah, good for
0: him. So she has to write about Van Wilder. That's the thing. Tara Reed has to write about Van Wilder. Yes. And meanwhile, she has this boyfriend who is yeah. like a very it's like a various slobs versus snobs kind of thing. So like Van Wilder is the cool party guy and this guy's like, he's pre-med, he tucks in his shirt, he wears sweater vest, he's disgusting, he comes, like, really quickly, like, all of those things and, like, he's, like, not really, I don't know, he's, like, not attractive, he's not smooth, he's not nice to look at, like, they really chose, like, usually at least the bad guy is, like, there's kind like of a cute. yeah, like you're,
1: you understand how they somehow have friends or at least party friends. But this character, you're like, well, everybody else in this movie seems to be into partying. So why does anyone hang out with this guy? It's not like he has a unique corner on the market. Like, yes, he comes from money. He's one in one of the frat houses. Uh, but <laughs> so is Ryan Reynolds. And I guess that's the point is that Ryan Reynolds is like the, supposed to be the better version of that
0: well i mean the thing it's like he's also the slacker so it's like not comparable well it's i mean they're doing the very 80s thing like the rich and the prim bad the other people good even though ryan reynolds is also Mm -hmm. rich just not as not the same kind of rich as that guy so it's like oh who has more money like i guess the ugly dude does but I don't know. You got to spend seven years in school (laughs) without having to pay (laughs) anything. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's such a gymnastics to make – van wilder somehow like the underdog like the movie has to go to such lengths to be like well look at how awful this other guy is
0: (laughs) yeah they had to make him seem like a real piece of shit to make it seem like van wilder is the better option because as much as i do not hate van wilder in this movie like it doesn't he's not that doesn't mean that i want him to like Get the girl in the end. I just think that he's like an okay dude. I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I absolutely hate him. And I feel like, yeah, the movie just had to go to such great lengths to try to frame him as a good guy. And it felt so forced. I mean, Everything about this movie is forced, right? And genre wise, that's part of it, of course. But it's so <laughs> over the top, like, look, this is why you don't like Daniel Cosgrove, and this is why Ryan Reynolds is the better option. Um, but Tara Reed has she she does not want to write about Ryan Reynolds. Like at first, she fights the assignment. She's like, this isn't real journalism. I write about real things. It's a very classic journalism plot in the movie. And and of course the editor is like, listen, you know, we had a guy who wrote about beers and now he has won all these awards, just like play the game, you know, so you got to write about Van Wilder because he's this character on campus and everybody will read it. And she's just like, fine. (laughs) And so of course her first, when she first asks, Van Wilder, if she can interview him, he's all, like, you know, hitting on her, but also kind of trying to be, like, smart Alec, And so he's like, I'll be at, you know, the game or whatever at like 11 meet me and she's like okay great and he's like it's a date and she's like it's an interview and he's like dates are interviews and it's like oh wow
0: (laughs) there's one scene where i don't maybe that's the first one i don't remember but he's doing the naked mile (laughs) and she's and he's talking to her which is like a thing like it clicked in my head because i was like didn't national lampoon just make a movie about the naked the naked mile, like there's national mm-hmm. lampoons, the naked mile, and that does exist. And it was mentioned here first for some reason or before. That or, is, yeah, I don't that know. is a
1: classic National Lampoon move, though, is to like mention a plot of one of the other movies or even the title. <laughs> um yeah, but I think that might actually be the first interview is at the naked mile, and she's like trying to get actual information and she gets really frustrated because she's just like, How can I learn something about you that I couldn't already find out? Like, when are you gonna when are you gonna show me the real you?
0: <laughs> oh, Classic. also while this is happening before he starts making his money back, he finds out that he can't pay Taj. And mm-hmm. then like he's like, I'm gonna stay on free of charge. That was the other thing about Tosh about that I needed to point out is that like he just meets this guy and he's like, sure, I'll work for free. And I mean, it works out for him, but it's wild that he does that.
1: Oh yeah, no, I mean, it's such a creepy, it's like his character is just so grateful to just do stuff for this white douchebag. Like he's just so grateful to be there and it just makes me want to punch a wall. <laughs>
0: Okay. (laughs) So I think it's time for me to try to explain why I do not like this movie, but I am fine with Van Wilder. And it's that the movie, the conditions of the film aren't really dictated by him. Like in terms of like he's not the one that's making taj act like this he's not the he's not he's not making people do these things they're just doing them and the way that he responds like it's it's not like i'm trying to explain like the the way that he responds to everything is just like so normal that it just makes it seem like he lives in some weird universe and that he if he lived in a regular universe he would just be exactly the same and it would be fine I don't know I don't I felt that I could explain that but I don't know
1: Yeah I think I know what you're saying that like he is living in this the bubble of this movie, which is this really cartoonish, but sadly not completely unrealistic view of a privileged frat life where he is loved by everyone and people kind of grovel at his feet and he's not trying to force them to do it. Like the Daniel Cosgrove character, he just, they're just coming to him and he is saying, you know, and, and it does go back to what I said earlier, like, comedy 18, 20 years ago, like, is not the same as it is now. Some of it is, and usually that comedy is really bad. <laughs> but, uh, you know, everybody made different jokes back, like, then, even if they made jokes that were more evolved than these jokes, they probably made jokes that are different than they do now. So there is a certain amount of, like, Van Wilder is just existing in this world, right? Uh, he's not doing anything to, like, look into himself and examine his life and the people he's around and why everyone functions the way they are, but he's not, he's not creating it. So I do agree with you on that. I think the reason that I do hate him so much is that he, he really does believe the Kool-Aid about him. He drinks the Kool-Aid about himself You know, so it doesn't feel passive to me. Like, he still is, like, yeah, I am the shit. And I am going to, you know, I am going to say this. And um, it just is so unlikable to me that he Uh. is, like, he knows that he has it easy. Like, he's just smart enough to know that everything's bullshit. But he's also, like,
0: completely eating it up. Okay. I think that that's a fair assessment of him. Yeah. I also just think that, like... (laughs) I was the whole time. I was thinking, if I was in college, would I hang out with him? And like, the answer is yes. yes. <laughs> so maybe that's why. I,
1: you know, ironically, same. And that's why I don't. That's why I hate him. <laughs> it's like I have been around so many white guys like that that I'm just like, yeah, I hate you. <laughs>
0: Do better. But it's like <gasps> he could get me into a good party. He could show me who has the good weed. Like I don't know. Like, and he wouldn't be totally annoying. And like, also because I'm not attracted to ryan that kind of guy i don't want to fuck him but it's like it's just like the perfect situation if you want to get fucked up but like not embarrass yourself in any kind of romantic or sexual way
1: (laughs) see i yeah i disagree because the parties are so genuinely rapey in the movie like it's such a rapey movie i would not feel safe at one of his parties
0: really i don't know maybe i just wasn't paying attention enough because i was like oh yeah that looks like a party (laughs) (laughs) that that sure is a party they are partying over there but i mean i don't know i've been to an orgy before so like yeah i mean i mean i don't think an or i don't really feel like that's
1: like the (laughs) same as like no, going to a kid. Same. yeah so i mean i'm just like the way that all of the people he hung out with talked about women um was like oh, yeah. vile like and the things that he said and they all did you know and it's not that i'm like oh my gosh pearl clutching i've never seen that misogyny. No. it's just
0: like <laughs> no that would not be a safe party i would not want to go <laughs> that's true that's true i guess like they make the preppy boys so much worse and i think part of it Is that, as I mentioned, Daniel Cosgrove, um, his character Richard, has this servant named Jeannie. Oh my god. Who just seems to exist to do whatever anyone in the frat says. And it's just weird that she's there. And a lot of the time she's the only girl there. And it makes me worry about her. And she's always just like running their errands. And it doesn't make any sense. Like if you're in a frat and you need somebody to run your errands, get a fucking pledge to do it. This chick isn't going to be in your frat it's not a it's not a co ed frat. So like what is she doing here? And maybe I missed what the explanation was. I, I, but I, was so I thought mad. That, <laughs>
1: that was on me, honestly, Jordan I was like, did I not pay did I not pay good enough attention to National Lampoons Van Wilder? Because I was also confused and I was worried about her because yeah, there's a scene where she has like really quick sex uh with Daniel Cosgrove when he's like, you know, angry at Tara Reid and um it's, like, obviously consensual uh, in the movie, but she just seems, I'm worried about her. Like, she's so excited she, for these men to use her, and she just is there as their servant.
0: After the sex, like, like, near the end of the movie, she was like, you know, I had sex with him. She tells Tara, read this, and, like, it was the best 10 seconds of my life, and I was just like... Lord God. Yeah, like that. Like, and, <laughs> you know, like,
1: like that. So there are lines in this movie that on their own are funny. And I think that's one of the things that bums me out is there are, there's a ton of jokes that are just not funny. Like they're just played or just gross or there's just no actual punchline. But there are moments that could be funny if the movie itself was a little different. And I felt like that line, I was like, that would work really well as like, Uh, you know, a satirical joke if, if it was in a different movie, like her being like the best 10 seconds of my life. (laughs) Like, like, and also if the actress played it a little different. Um, It was just sad.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it was, it was a really, it was a really sad thing. And it's just really fucked up. And it reminds me of like, oh my i'm just really just nerding out in this whole episode so there's this um manga and no i don't remember the name where like the student council is all male at this high school it's like a, it's like specifically a patriarchal high school and like women are all it's like set up like a video game and all the women are like owned and so like the male students own like certain female students and then the the female students are also like weapons so like literally like they make the women battle each other as weapons and like But it's like they hold the weapon, but the woman is the weapon. So if they like, like, let's say somebody breaks the sword, then then the girl breaks. And it's just like this. (laughs) That is I was thinking about that the entire time, specifically because like there's the student council like has all of these like girl maids who like don't speak, but just like serve them in sea. It's 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 a real bleak manga. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds really bleak, but also completely makes
1: sense that you thought of it during this, especially with that one female character, like, in regards to her. That connection makes a lot of sense.
0: Also, just, like, the way that they sit in, like, the frat room, it's, like, so sinister. Like, I just don't know why they're so sinister. Especially because I think this all the time about, like, rich kids. Like, you have everything, what why are you scheming like why can't you just have all of the things Like, i will say like I am <laughs> like when it comes to like a movie
1: about rich kids i am honestly i am fully here for a movie about rich kids having an existential crisis because that makes sense to me like if you haven't had to fight for anything in a material way um but you're still a person you know with feelings and anxieties the the rich person existential crisis movie I can handle especially if done well but the rich person just like hurting everyone else because they somehow need more power with no point like I just like fuck you (laughs) yeah right like I can I can empathize with like a trust fund kid who's like maybe has guilt about their wealth and is trying to figure out what, who they are. Cause they don't know who they are. Like, I'm like, okay, I might not want to watch that many more of those movies. Cause I think too many exist, but I can, but like this, where it's just like these frat guys. Yeah. The, the, the preppy frat guys, I completely agree with you. They're far more sinister, um, than Vine Wilder and his friends. Um, they they're definitely a more overtly sinister brand of you know misogynist rich guy what 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 have you
0: and, and the, I mean I I guess also just like I was very like bro friendly during college so like as long as a bro like wasn't like actively harming someone I was just like oh we're chilling like I would yeah. much rather talk to I would much rather talk to a bro really any bro than this version of evil wealthy white guy just because yeah i completely (laughs) completely agree
1: and also some bros are really sweet i've had some great times with bros you know so yeah i mean the terrifying pre-med in his robe like ready to murder the servant that lives with him like that's the energy of daniel cosgrove in this and, of course, meanwhile, you know, Tara Reid is reporting on Ryan Reynolds. And as you can guess, they end up connecting. They have this scene in this skating rink where she's beats him at hockey and is like, you know, my brother's play. And then he reveals that he secretly has been reading all her articles, the ones that were serious that – you know, she was told weren't getting any eyeballs. And he's like, Oh, yeah, like, you can't tell anyone that I read stuff, because that'll ruin my reputation. And so that's, of course, one of the tender moments where Tara Reid is like, Oh, this guy, and you know, it's like one of their deep connection moments is him being like, I read articles.
0: Oh, uh, we haven't even talked much about Tara Reed. I knew I forgot something. There was something that I forgot to talk about. Because like I we don't need to talk about Ryan Reynolds at all because he's been on the podcast before and he's he's Deadpool. Everybody knows who he is. I'm not gonna explain that, but this well, number okay, two things. There's gonna be a sidebar about Tara Reed. Second thing, um the fact that she's super into him actually reading her article is one of the most seen that I've ever felt in a romantic film because it I think it's fucking hot. When people read my work, <laughs> they we don't do enough of that. That's that's hot to me. That yeah, no, would be totally I do, I do agree
1: no, I agree with you there. Like if somebody's like, I read your your article or like I, or they come to your show or something, that is totally a moment where you're going to feel appreciated and seen and, and connected. So I did think... I actually did think that scene where they play hockey and talk was successful. That, that was maybe the only scene where where they're connecting where it felt really successful and made sense to me a lot of the other scenes they're in context with a bunch of other people and it's really chaotic and the like 2002 trying to be 1986 comedy has turned up so it drowns out their romantic connection but from the bad romance perspective of is this romantic connection working i think that scene on its own yes
0: yeah totally um. So Tara Reid, she is one of those actresses like Meg Ryan, who was treated like complete shit in the 2000s for getting plastic surgery. And that's really like, she never did anything wrong. She dated Carson Daly, and that was a whole thing. But otherwise, she was like, she was in American Pie. She was good. She was in... I always. she was in Cruel Intentions. I don't even remember her in there, but I'm just going to assume she was good. Like Urban Legend. She was in The Big Lebowski playing like Bunny Lebowski. She was in, um, you know, uh, oh, The Big Thing. Josie and the Pussycats. She was in the classic. One of my favorite movies. Great movie. Fantastic movie. Josie and the Pussycats. So yeah, so I mean, it's that, the American Pie movies. Those are kind of like, her big things. And then she kind of, and then she basically disappeared for a while because she was just treated like shit for the plastic surgery. Cause the plastic surgery didn't look as good as it could have. I don't, I like, I don't know. I don't know why people like, okay. Somebody gets a plastic surgery and it doesn't look nice. It's like, okay. But like, how's that funny? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it just feels misogynist. Cause it's
1: like, you know, especially women, just women who become famous at any age, let's be real. But at a young age, there's this like, let's mold you into a sex object, you know, through the gaze of the public. And then we're going to lampoon you for getting any surgery to enhance how you look. Um, if, it, if it looks natural, we're going to make fun of you and be like, well, you don't look natural. If, it, if it's a a surgery that looks a little, like, off or people don't think it looks good, they're going to make fun of that and say that you look bad. And if you don't get anything, then we're going to make fun of you for, like, natural human bodily functions, like you're getting older or your weight changes or whatever. It's like there's no way to win. It's just, like, a form of
0: control over women. Yeah, yeah. No, that's totally it. So, like, after... Like so she did you know a bunch of the teen stuff the the urban legend the cruel intentions american pie something called body shots oh she did doctor T and the women so she's been in an Altman movie before good for her you know Josie and the Pussycats american pie 2 then she does Van Wy- Wilder and then she does My Boss's Daughter which is definitely a movie that we're going to do soon because it's her and Ashton Kutcher and You know, but but after that, she just kind of disappeared after 2003 for a long time. And she came back. Well, she came back for American Reunion, the last American Pie movie, which is bad. I've seen it. And then she got Sharknado. 2013, she got Sharknado. And those are like... That's like the franchise that she does now. It's so, what? like she's done Sharknado, Sharknado 2, the second one, Sharknado 3, oh hell no, Sharknado, the fourth awakens, Sharknado 5, global swarming, then the last Sharknado, it's about time. (laughs) Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? i love her for that i really
1: do <laughs> i mean I really like, do she's leaned in <laughs> she's She
0: has leaned into sharknado <laughs> what a fucking like because that's the thing like if if i feel like if tara reed had come onto the scene just like a few years later like if she had like showed up at around the same time as like Hillary Duff and Lindsay Lohan like they're they're all just like a little bit younger than her if she was just a little bit younger I feel like she would have had an easier time I mean those girls really went through it but there's something about like the girls from the late 90s who were already like women then there's something weird like the the teen comedy the way that those people were treated like it wasn't really until the Disney girls showed up that it was like oh we could be nice to some young girls and not treat them like shit possibly. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: And even so, it's like there's they still go through it, but it's not um it's not guaranteed that they will be like chewed up, you know. Right, and the way like, that like Tara Reid, Misha Barton, like so many so many. Yeah. Yeah, and they're just
0: it's so weird how it's just like a small gap of time. They're only a little bit older than the people who like it's just like they they almost made it, but instead like Somebody like Tara Reid, who never did anything to anyone. Uh, Yeah, that's the thing. She she was was always just
1: minding her own business. People just projected all of their, like, hatred of women onto her. It was like...
0: Yeah, she was just a nice person. Like, she never did... She's, like, there's nothing. Like, the fact that, like, the only scandal about her is, like, her and Carson Daly breaking up and a boob job that did not go well is ridiculous. Like, neither one of those things are, like... Like, like there's so many serial rapists in wrong.
1: Hollywood and everyone's like let's hate Tara Reid.
0: Like, you know, like what? Like, like if if we had treated Tara Reid better, then like she would still be she'd still be like hanging like Amanda Seyfried. There was like a there was like a time very early on where we could have done that to Amanda Seyfried and we didn't. And, like, they're kind of, like, a similar kind of, like, genre. Although Amanda Seyfried is, like, a serious actress now. Like, when she started, they were kind of, like, a similar yeah, kind of like, genre. Yeah, they would probably go for some of the same
1: casting calls, like, look-wise also, since that's how casting works. Like, yeah, it is. it is really sad and interesting to kind of look at the trajectories. And if one factor had changed, you know, what would be different? Would, would Tara Reid want to do serious movies or would she be doing more different kinds of comedies? Like what would her
0: ideal, would she be on television? You know, would she, she have like because like a lot and also there are a lot of people who start acting and then get like more serious acting training. Like, what if she had decided that she really wanted to go for it and like do an like there are so many things that that could have happened for her that I see happening for these like younger actresses. And I'm just like, I I wanted this for you. Like Amanda Seifried could have totally played Tara Reed's role in Josie and the Pussycats. Like it's
1: so yeah, no, it makes me sad. I mean, it definitely makes me think of, you know, the Britney Spears documentary and how like female pop stars still go through so much. But like that moment, it's the same moment. Um yeah. yeah. It, it was just a specific kind of laser of of hatred.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is a long way of saying that I really, really liked her in this movie and I really don't have any... Like, there's... She's, like, the one thing that's right about the movie. Like, everything feels off. Yeah, every, like, even, like, the casting, the
1: writing, like, everything feels kind of off. But, like, you know who her, her character is. And even if you don't agree with her, you know, falling for Van Wilder, like, you understand her. You understand her motives. You understand why she is where she is and what she cares about and the kinds of decisions she's making for her life because she actually feels like a person even even in yeah. the universe of the movie like she's very much the like not like she's the the one female character that gets to be a person right but also a lot of that is her performance because she is still in many ways that trope of the oh the woman who fits the beauty standard but is also smart and the guy who was like a douchebag is like really like amazed that she knows how to play hockey you know but
0: she plays it well Like
1: she does it.
0: She's so, yeah, she's just, she's chill. She's pretty. Like, even for that time period, her fashion's not awful really like she just she she looks good she seems to be having a good time like she seems to be happy to be in the movie which is like not always like there are so many per like love interest performances specifically from this time where it was just clear that it was just like there were actresses who did not want to be in these movies and look so bored when someone's not talking to them <laughs> and she yeah she was actually she was having a good time there
1: she was doing what she could yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and and when she leaves the terrible white boy at the end for the other slightly less terrible white boy, I'm happy for her because that's an upgrade. Kinda. Yeah, she's... Mo-
1: you know, and I do think I'm like, okay, they're in college. You know, she's college age. She'll, she'll move on from him. You know, she's only like, what, 22 or something in the movie? 23? Like, she's going to move on. This is just... This is her slow upgrade. <laughs> like, oh my God. She's not, she's not going to stay with Van Wilder. <laughs> absolutely not. I think about who I dated in my early twenties. I'm like, nah, she'll move on.
0: <laughs> she'll be okay. <laughs> she, yeah. It's, I mean, there's just like a bunch of hijinks, man. Like I do, I will say that I did laugh at the end. Well, cause basically a uh, bad white boy uh, sabotages, less bad white boy. Um, by fucking up his party. And there's a whole bunch of hijinks around that, too. Like, at some point, one character sm- tries to smoke a penis pump because he thinks that it's a bong. Uh, needed needed to point that out. Don't feel like we could end the episode. I completely <laughs>
1: agree with you. That is an essential, it is an essential moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of shenanigans to go back and forth between the, the preppies frat house and the more like just straightforward party frat house like they're doing disgusting pranks on each other. Of course Ryan gets revenge at one point by like draining this dog's balls and putting dog cum onto like disgusting uh snacks. I don't even want to go into it because I actually had to fast oh, I had to fast forward parts of it. You know what's funny, Jordan? Like I had to there's certain, like, visceral things that I cannot watch. I was like, my gag reflex is going off. Like, the sounds of this.
0: It's pretty gross. Yeah. Like, it's, it's pretty nasty. I, I totally understand you not. Yeah, a lot of the shit is, like, very funny. <laughs> um, Like, putting,
1: you know, and then, the, of course, they... At one point, Tara Reed, uh before she fully says goodbye, like, when she finds out... She finds out that her um, ex hooked up with his lady lady that's in the house um she ends up putting laxatives in his smoothie like her and ryan reynolds like basically decide to bring together she's like oh i'll pretend i want to be with him again and i'll put laxatives in his smoothie and so then of course there's this long gratuitous thing of him like trying to not shit his pants you know classic
0: classic comedy Incredible work from that actor. Like, I truly believe that he had diarrhea. And, like, when he, I, every, and every move that he made was wrong. Like, he, oh, I just love that he had so much pride that he just couldn't say, like, I really, really just need to go to the bathroom. Instead, he would rather, like, have diarrhea in a trash can in front of everyone that's supposed to help you get into Northwestern. I know that was so like
1: (laughs) that part. I was like, just run, just run, like explain later. If I was in his shoes, I would just run to the bathroom. I would not explain myself. And later, if anyone needs to know they can piece it together. Everyone has a digestive system. If someone's running to the bathroom, let them run.
0: (laughs) He's just just taking a shit. In a trash can, like not even like a like a waste basket, like a by the desk way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was. I'm sorry that I am currently being a 12 year old boy. I will stop. Well, um, I'm not. I'm not mad. <laughs> um. But yeah. So, uh, trying to think. You know, and also the whole their their love story also has that air of like he is trying to, t- Ryan Reynolds is trying to tell Tara Reed, oh, you know, you need to relax. And Tara Reid is like, oh, well, you need to take things more seriously. And it's like, oh, don't they fit together? It's like, it's fine. They're in college. It really, yeah, exactly. it really like, is fine. They're both going to
1: break up and figure out who they are, like, slowly. Like, I do think both those characters will become um, less... Awful, like better. She will become better. He will become less awful. He will eventually reach neutrality. That's all uh, we can hope love, for.
0: You will, well, you do not like him. Wow. Yeah that's okay (laughs) it's it's interesting to see who you who you don't like and who i don't like i know it is
1: funny because like it lines up most of the time but occasionally one of us is like oh this was fine and the other one's like what the fuck
0: (laughs) and so the end is like a very like 80s movies ending like we know that he's gonna get the girl from the more posh and attractive guy because that's what happens in those movies and then there's also um so dude sabotages him so he gets expelled and then he has to appear in front of the board and like explain why he should get to finish school because he only has 18 more credits and apparently he's only had 18 more credits for like two years and he just didn't like he just <laughs> he was Last, just like best, i'm just gonna it out because,
1: like oh, just like force me to graduate because I could do it. And it's like, so you could have all along.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and I think that's why. But that's the point. Yeah, that's the point, is that, like, they are trying... Like, it's, it's an opportunity to challenge him, which is all they've been doing, is trying to challenge him, and I don't know. So, yeah, and also there's, like, this whole montage where he gets, like, the club that is, like, pre... The pre-law kids and, like, a bunch of different kids to, like, come in and, like, be his representation and stuff. And it's... That whole montage is, like, oh, my God, everybody in school loves Van Wilder. We have to all help him, because, like, I just... He is the most loved man on campus. He, he is really absolutely. Is.
1: Everybody needs him there because they will not find a bong otherwise. He is he will direct them to the bongs and he will make the shenanigans happen, which is crucial.
0: Yes, yeah, very crucial. So, of course, he he passes his class. He gets A's, which really pissed me off. I was like, "Oh, you could have just been getting A's this whole time?" Yeah, he like I think I think his percentage
1: is like 94% or something. I was like, oh, fuck you. Like,
0: <laughs> really? you, were, you were able to just pull that at crunch time. Like that means that he's had to try really, really hard to do bad. Exactly. Which, like he could have been
1: coasting on bees this whole time without even trying that hard. Like, come
0: on. <laughs> he like, I was like, when he finished, I was like, when like they talked about his grades, I was like, oh, he was an A student like me but i as an A student was never like that yeah
1: <laughs> it would be funny if you were like i actually really relate to his character
0: we were pretty similar in most ways <laughs> we were part we were parting all absolutely the yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um <laughs> well yeah so i mean he does the normal 80s movie thing you know I'm surprised that they didn't play like don't you forget about me in the oh also I forgot that he like fucked a school administrator for grades oh yeah yeah Yeah, and it's like that thing
1: where you know she's an older lady and so it's like cartoonish how like into him she is and it's like supposed to be really gross and she like I don't know I was just like okay this is happening (laughs) sure joke made she's undesirable that's the joke um well because she's well because
0: she's old yeah you know you can't you can't be desirable when you're
1: old no i mean you gotta be uh like under whatever age ryan reynolds is in this movie (laughs) which is like what twenty uh who knows how old he is (laughs) who knows
0: i mean whatever yeah so van wilder you i mean like it's a waste of your time but also just like most things are so it's like you could have it on while you like clean or something it's not a movie that you need to pay attention to it's not a movie that you need to like really really seek out (laughs) yeah i would definitely say don't watch it Like you could watch like American Pie. Let's That's a good say, Yeah, movie. there's so many
1: comedies that are in this vein that are actually funny, you know. And they might have moments that annoy you, but like Van Wilder is just concentrated like the bad jokes.
0: It's yeah, it's like it's like mid tier national lampoon, like not as bad as like all those ones that like Eugene Levy pops up in that has none of the original cast, but like not as good. As like Animal House. Yeah, exactly.
1: Just watch just watch Girl Next Door or
0: Animal House or American Pie. Yeah, just yeah, watch something, watch something good. And I don't know. I feel like you shouldn't watch The Rise of Taj, which is the second uh, national lamp The rise no, of Taj. No, watch, watch
1: Kel Penn and literally anything else. <laughs> watch his show Sunnyside. I really love that. Yeah. Yeah. He's good Good. on that show. Uh, So, so thank you. Yeah. Our, Oh, I think you just, Oh, my thing froze you, but uh, our theme song is by clutch Douglas, a great band. And we love all of you listeners. If you're not a patron and you want to join our Patreon, we have multiple tiers and you can get bonus episodes. You can get our podcasts about the OC You can get our In the Smut Erotic Side podcast and you can get Jordan and Kyle's uh, Young Adult Swim podcast and um, newsletters and all of that jazz. So if you want to join the Patreon, uh, we'd love to have you. If you already have, thank you so much. And if you're here at all, I hope that you're being nice to yourself and drinking water and breathing and logging off when needed.
0: I am Bronwyn Isaac. I'm Jordan Searles. Bye. Hi. Uh, yeah. Back it up, back it up. Let's go for a stroll. Oh yeah. Back it up, back it up. Uh oh, uh, yeah.